Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, along with Cisco Acosta, and we are live. And folks, welcome back. That was our, um, Ariana Grande singing the Star Spangled Banner. And um, folks, we want to remind you that the show is sponsored by the nonprofit studentsforabetterfuture.com. Um, so if you can go on our website and check out the things that we're doing there. And I just want to make a point on um, tonight. We played that on purpose because you know that Ariana Grande's concert um there was a terrorist bomb there and uh you know and she's been coming out making statements and you know and talking to the people and you know and um going to help the victims and all that uh and this incident i believe happened in england right ruben it yes uh just uh, here uh yes uh it happened in manchester england and basically, it was perpetrated by the uh, by a, a terrorist. And um, we have a situation now that that uh, Europe is really burning, and um, we do not know when this is going to stop. It's just it's just one event after another. If it's not England, uh, it, it's France. If it's not France, it's 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 Belgium. If it's not Belgium, it's Spain. I mean, it, it just keeps keeps happening because the European countries, the European Union, uh, countries that belong to the European Union, do not have any authority to, to curtail the number of migrants that are coming in, refugees that are coming in into, into their continent. They're just being controlled, as I said in, my previous, in the previous episode, by the European Union, which is based in Brussels, uh, Belgium, who dictate to each of these governments what, uh, how many uh, refugees can come in, how much, how much of your budget goes to refugees, how much budget goes to, you know, illegals or, or anything else. So, uh, Doreen, this is going to continue to happen uh, unless the European government actually takes, uh, a European Union takes steps to curtail uh, the, um, the inflow of, of all these individuals. But Ruben, these are soft targets. Um, you know they that are, they're hitting they're, right they're now. They're soft targets, but you know, uh, as I as ISIS has mentioned in the past, you know, we're basically this is a gradual process. This is not we're not going to attack you one big shot like we did with nine eleven. We're going to basically build it up until we hit you with the big target, big, big targets, the hard targets. 
those are more complicated things uh, to attack. Yes, and if you remember in our last show, um, you, you know that within the towns, the see the the Muslims have learned how to integrate into each one of our towns. Yeah. And look like us and act like us and you know do everything right. like us. Yet behind doors, they are planning and plotting terrorist attacks. Like for example, on the train in New Jersey, um, which they caught in time. Okay. Law enforcement caught in oh. time. Um, okay. But, uh, but, uh, 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 the ring, the ring. Uh, we have our guests. Uh, we have our guest. If, uh, she is uh, on the line, so can you add her? Yes. Uh, and, folks, I want to introduce our guest tonight. Her name, if I get it correct, um, is is Karen, Karen Ben-Moyel, ben right? Correct. Karen, can you hear yes. me? Yes, I can hear. Hello. Okay, uh, you, you, you are live. Welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. Um, Karen, can you tell us, um, you know, um, what you do? You're with, you're, you run a chapter, you're a chapter president of Young America Foundation? Young America uh, yes, for Young, I'm the chapter founder and president of Young Americans for Freedom, uh, Young Americans for Freedom at the University of Houston. Um, we just started it up this past January, and um, it's, a conservative outreach organization. Uh, we have none other. The College Republicans don't even exist anymore. Um, we're the only conservative organization on campus. Um, and our goal is basically to promote conservative ideals uh, and offer students alternative routes of um, thinking, because there's basically only one, the liberal mindset. Um, we just recently brought speaker Dinesh D'Souza of Hillary's America um, to the University of Houston, and conservative speakers um, are pretty vital to getting uh, the message out there. And we, because it's always liberal speakers that are that come to campus and speak, so we decided to bring Dinesh D'Souza, and he came, and it was successful. And we do other projects like that, um, and getting people to come out and just listen to our ideas, just promoting freedom and. Promoting what actual college students believe, they just don't know it because they're being told something else. And right. um, actually, we started as Students for Trump before we before the election, and it started. I just I, I started with me. I wanted to get Trump, like I wanted Trump to get elected. So I started Students for Trump at the University of Houston, and it's turned into Young Americans for Freedom post-election. Oh, yeah. Well, that's basically right. a little Karen, bit about Karen, it. How do you find? Uh, hold on, hold on, Karen. How do you find the recruitment process on campus? Is it coming along for you? Um, um yeah. Well, it started off slow because I was the students for Trump. There was like three people to begin with. Um, it was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once we, once Trump got elected, and. We started, we actually became a registered organization with the school, which is the, another reason why there's so few conservatives, I mean, conservative organizations like nationwide on campuses is because the administration makes it so difficult for conservatives to succeed in anything. So imagine like conservatives trying to get registered as an official club. So that was the hard part. Um, we did it through Young Americans for Freedom. And once we did that, we started to table, like we would sit outside and we would hand out flyers, say what we're about, we're about freedom, like against socialism, and then we would post. Um, I wrote a, a, to, uh, a newspaper article and I had interviews, um, and people started to reach out because students that used to be afraid to like come out as a conservative on campus because you're basically automatically deemed a racist or whatever they want to call you, if you come out, they started to feel more comfortable with saying or they saw like a conservative organization. And now it's becoming more and more um, frequent because Donald Trump has, become, has got elected. So, and now we've, I think we've grown to 30, maybe 32 members in total, like official members. And it just, it's just the recruitment process just keeps getting uh, easier or, um, but it's less hard to recruit right, people at this point. Right, once you get beyond administration. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and have any well, of your um, fellow members said that, you know, they've been discriminated against in some way by a professor? You know, maybe they oh, were yeah. something. Um, I'm myself included. Yes, um, we've had, I've had uh, professors change my grade, actually, once they found out, like, or once I argued or asked them for evidence or something in class. They've actually changed my grade and, like, given me a new paper the next day. Um, they definitely, uh, I think all of the, uh, a couple of other students have told me that they've had, they can't speak, like, their opinion or debate unless they want to fail the class or um, be discriminated against by a professor. I've been called out multiple times, uh, but uh, 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 most people aren't as yeah, outspoken. Also, do, you, do you guys Excuse have me? to have a group sponsor? Uh, yes, that was another thing. Um, finding a professor to, we have to find a professor to sponsor you to become registered. So that was pretty, it was almost, it was actually the hardest part in getting registered. Uh, I emailed all of my professors, even one that was, I thought maybe would have done it, but the responses were usually like, um, I don't want to, if I don't want to, um, put my career in jeopardy or, um, be like, uh, looked out, uh, hated amongst my fellow colleagues, or responses like that. Like even if they were going to sponsor us, they wouldn't because they thought their career would be in jeopardy for sponsoring a conservative organization. But after like ten emails I sent out, one professor came back and he's still our sponsor today. He was one of my American uh, Revolution teachers. And he is completely um, like pro-Trump. He thinks he's com- he said that no matter like what his colleagues say, he will stand up for what's right. So we are really lucky we found one sponsor to sponsor us. Well, it's usually difficult. Yeah. I have to say, Karen, that you you are such an inspiration. And to Thank so you. Many, so many young people out there that are afraid, and, and the 38 members of your organization that are afraid to speak up. And if we lose that right, we're done as a country. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Thank right. you. Um, right. That was kind of my goal in starting the Students for Trump was getting people to come out and. Then they started to, we started wearing our MAGA hats at events, and it just, it was, it's nice for people to be able to express their freedoms, because now on campuses, we have these anti, like, free, free speech zones, which is ridiculous. Um, more, it's, it's becoming more, um, you see them more now because Trump got elected, but that's basically, we actually do projects, uh, Young Americans for Freedom, to try and combat uh, free speech zones. Well, hold on, Cisco. Are you aware of the foundation called FIRE, Foundation for Individual Rights in Education? Um, I'm not familiar. Um, okay, it's a group of uh, legal attorneys um, who will take cases uh, like yours um, if you have a case or if your your rights are infringed upon mm-hmm. and um well, they pretty much take them pro bono it's a uh, it's a nonprofit organization that's uh just based out of Philadelphia um because Karen I know this we've had issues here um in New Jersey mm-hmm. but mostly at Montclair State University um you know we've had kids who who have been denied the right to speak we we, we actually had a a um speaker his name is Steve Lonigan. Um, he was running for uh, my God, um, help me, Cisco. What did Steve Lonigan run for? Um, he ran for he ran for governor. He, he, uh, okay, that's right. And he was invited to speak at at Montclair State University. And um, you know, when he went there, the left all gathered around and shut him down, and uh, he he could not speak. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, FIRE group, Foundation for Individual Rights, um, got him reinstated there, and uh, he, he was able to speak the next time. 
you know, so they, yeah, it's a group mm-hmm. that does things like that because this particular university, Karen, has had um, Bill Ayers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anybody from the far left, they've had Hil- Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton there, you know, and, yep. and yet we couldn't have this one fellow speak there. Yes. You know, um, so. UC Berkeley. Uh, uh, Berkeley just recently could, didn't allow Ann Coulter to come um, exactly. speak I've on campus. Yes. And that was actually with Young Americans for Freedom. Uh, the organization, national organization, was going to sue them. Um, I think they uh, they did actually put in a lawsuit against them. So there's other, like FIRE, there's other organizations out there. It's just so hard to, um, I guess, reach out to them or file um, but I mean, if we, if I have, if I have any problems like uh, getting speaker or going through the administration, I go to national, yeah, national, and they will put a uh, file a lawsuit against the school, um, just like there is with Ann Coulter. So it's kind of similar to what you're talking about, the attorneys with fire. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just going. Well, I don't want to get in there. Doreen, Doreen is, 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 is very involved with the college environment, college That's great. Uh, conservatives. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, New Jersey uh, here. That's how I know all this. Well, okay. You know, I'll have to make a note of that. She's very involved, so yes, she knows yes. a lot, and, and, and she can really help uh, um, advise you in regards to, um, you know, your organization because mm-hmm. she has so much experience. Great. That's great that you guys are are, are, are are connecting. But I think we, uh, I think we, we well, let's let's start with the um issue of the situation with uh, the, the current situation that we have right now with uh Trump. What's your take on, on, on the current domestic policies uh agenda that that uh President Trump uh has um accomplished you know, the, like uh, Doreen had mentioned earlier before you came on, the positive things that we are not hearing because, you know, the Democrats and the, and the, and the mainstream media will not allow that to happen. What's mm-hmm. your take? Okay. Um, well, as far as policy, domestically, um, well, even before policies, I would say uh, I heard you guys speaking about terrorism and how um, it's happening over and over again in Europe. Uh, one thing, uh, positive thing, uh, the election of President Trump has done was um, just the threat of Trump, like towards and like in terms of terrorists in their minds. They that if you notice during Obama's term, uh, terrorist attacks happened pretty frequently. There was, um, I think, the last one, or maybe one of the last ones, was the Spur nightclub. Um, but they kept happening, yes. and the media, of course, didn't recognize that. Um, they never really did too much about that. But if you notice that when Trump took office, uh, I mean, we're actually negotiating with those countries now. And we don't have that threat anymore. Europe does because of their leaders. Um, just, the, just the threat of Donald Trump being our president puts fear into terrorists. So that's just like... And a benefit without even him having to even implement a policy to, I mean, um, to into law. Um, other like policies. Uh, I mean, do are you talking about outsourcing or? We're not. Um, we're not. We're not hearing you. You sound really low. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You sound a little bit muffled. Yeah, really? yeah. Yes. You, you were you were very, you were very clear. Better. Initially, yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I get terrible signal here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now we can yes. hear you perfectly. Okay. So did you hear anything I said? Very very. Can low. you repeat it? Very low. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was basically um uh talking about what you guys were talking about, uh, about when I came on the air was the terrorism in Europe. Um. Basically, they're the reason that they get such frequent, I, in my opinion, uh, terrorist attacks is because of their leaders and the way that terrorists view their leaders. Um, Donald Trump's 
like, okay, I don't know if many people didn't notice this, but during Obama's term, we had pretty frequent uh, terrorist attacks. The media didn't make big deals out of it, or they wouldn't, they wouldn't call it for, like, call it radical Islamic terrorism. Um, and they happened often for terrorist attacks. Um, but the election of Donald Trump put the threat of, just the threat of Donald Trump into her minds. So that just makes them not want to even attack us, just the threat of him. And that's, I think, why Europe has such a problem, because their leaders, um, they're, for, they're like Obama. They have those kinds of policies. So terrorists are like, oh, we can do whatever we want. It's not a problem. We're no, like, retaliation, basically, except for their them uh, promoting anti-Islamophobia. But for us, they know it would be like bombs dropped or not not that, but it it would be bad for them if they attacked us. So I think that's another reason why um, Europe has had such a problem. And I think America is going to um, have a lot less, a lot, or actually probably none, um, no threat of terrorism. Um, we're actually negotiating with those countries uh, to combat, like, Iran, um, uh, places that uh, enable terrorism. Donald Trump's just his ele- just electing him put that into their minds, and that's pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, Doreen, you want you want to... Uh, yeah, because we um, actually because we were talking about the concert of Ariana Grande, um, the recent bomb- bombing. But um, let's talk about France for a minute. And they didn't did not elect the, uh, Le Pen. Is that, yes, and, that's what I was um, referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so, you know, basically, some of us feel as though they deserve what they get now. Correct. I wouldn't say I deserve, they deserve it, but uh, they should expect it. You know, um, that's to be expected if you have a weak leader. Terrorists look at it and they say, well, this leader is inviting us to basically come attack them, you know? Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, like I had mentioned to Doreen, uh, and I've mentioned in previous shows, uh, we have, we have, a situation where in Europe, the, uh, the 28 countries that are part of the European Union do not have a say in how they run their country. Everything mm-hmm. is controlled in Brussels, in, 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 in Belgium, by the European Union. Mm-hmm. So basically they force. That's the reason what's very interesting now, and I think it's, 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 it's not getting a lot of press, but it's that there's three countries in Europe that are part of the European Union, Poland, uh, Hungary, and Slovakia. Those three are suing the European Union for basically demanding and and trying to uh, attack each of those governments for not allowing a certain number of refugees or allow any refugees they're basically saying it's not conducive to basically have all those individuals come into our country. It will disrupt the, the, the fabric of the country. And basically they're standing up to the European Union, and they're, mm-hmm. they're basically now getting attacked by the European Union because they're going to be penalized and, 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 you know, basically isolated. They're going to isolate them because they're standing up for their citizens. That's what the rest of Europe needs. Oh, yeah, I agree. I can agree more. Yes. Um, but l- let's go to, again, some of Trump's positives here. Um, and I have a couple up up here. One of them is freezing all federal hiring outside of the military. And that's a, a good thing. And Karen, uh, could you can you hear me? That? Could you repeat that? Okay, for, uh, yes. One of the things Trump did um, in his first month of the presidency is he froze all federal hiring outside of the military mm-hmm. um, because he wanted to to shrink the budget. Yeah. Um, you know, to because we're still 
He wanted to take also power away from the federal government. Right. And And give it to the states. But talking, yes, but also in cutting the budget a little bit, you know, we're still trains and trains of dollars in debt, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that we're passing on to our future generations. But he Mm -hmm. also um, reinstated the Mexico City policy which is barring U.S. government funding to international non-government agencies that promote or perform abortions is a big deal for pro-lifers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Because of Trump, yes. your tax dollars are no longer going to be used to murder children overseas. I don't know if you guys knew that he did that. Um, and he also ordered federal agencies to cut Two regulations for every one they propose. Mm-hmm. So not well, I mean, not only I think. Did this... Go ahead. Go ahead. So not only will this lead to fewer regulations, but he has also decreed that the net cost of any new regulation that is added after cutting the old regulations should be zero. So, in other words, the regulatory burden on the American people can only go in one direction, and that is down. And mm-hmm. so that, that's another good thing that he did that doesn't get out, pushed out in the media. Right. Um, another, another one says, putting out an executive order asking the DOJ and the Homeland Security to withhold federal funds except as mandated by law from sanctuary cities. Yep. Um, yeah, Okay. Yeah, uh, to add to that, um, I would say that him, uh, as opposed to Obama, him going and having uh, the, his foreign meeting with countries to combat ter- counterterrorism um, was a huge thing, was a huge plus that people don't are, aren't talking about for some reason. Um, but yes, I agree. Everything he's right. doing now, uh, cutting federal... Spending, that's all giving back to the people, which is what he said he was going to do. Right. Well, um, I, 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 one, of, one, of the, one of the big things in, in Texas is the fact that Governor Abbott has, it's one of the few states besides Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama that has actually uh, passed the, uh, the, the Senate and, and, the, and, the, and the House has actually passed a sanctuary bill to implement taking funds away from uh, from cities that do not comply with with federal um, agencies like ICE. Mm-hmm. Um, in Houston, in Houston, where you live, um, basically it's it's a it's a very it's a sanctuary city. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Houston is very blue. Um, Yes, Greg, well, Texas is red, though. Um, I think that defunding uh, money to sanctuaries that is a huge plus. Um, that's a good thing. Right, right. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, Donald Trump's initiative to basically take money uh, away from funding sanctuary cities is already being implemented in Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and Tennessee, that shows of what, you know, Donald Trump has done. I mean, because it has forced some of these states to really go and take funding away. Uh, and, and, and that needs to be done across all the nation. The yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he will do it across the nation. The problem is, the the states having to the states complying with him. Um, I'm guessing the northern states will come last. Uh, the ones that vote mainly are the blue states. Um, but yes, yeah, sanctuary cities need to go, <clears throat> and that's yeah, that's right. a positive thing. And you know, speaking on on sanctuary cities, um, I want to talk a little bit about immigration, and and the um, the flow of human trafficking, particularly child trafficking, but all of human trafficking that has, has come with it. 
Um, are you familiar with a group called MS-13? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, that's a big human trafficking ring. They probably have about 70,000 members. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're big, they started in Los Angeles, but they're big time in, in South America. Um, and, yeah, Central America. You know, I don't know if you want Central America, I'm sorry. And um, they they have rings all over the place. Particularly, I, I know the one here in New Jersey is in Queens. That Queens is in New Jersey, but it's the next state over, and they, we get the overflow from them. But all these people, these types of elements, hang out in our sanctuary cities right now. Um, and what Trump has bound to do, p- particularly with immigration, is you know number one, build build the um, fence. Um, number two, mm-hmm. get rid of those 65 tunnels that are well-known down in Arizona where these people are coming across. And right. number three, he is bound to to fight MS-13, which, by the way, stands for Mara Salvatrucha, Salvatrucha. if I say it right, Ruben. Yeah, Salvatrucha, Mara Salvatrucha, okay. Uh, um, he has vowed to, to um, get rid of them because... Well, not only are they into the human trafficking, they're into the drugs and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so his immigration policy is a complete turnaround from the Obama, uh, from the Obama administration, you yes. know, and, and kicking these people out of the country. Yes. Um, you know. Just so, like terrorism, the mere threat of um, – I think statistically, illegal immigration has already gone down by, I think, 15% since he got elected, just from the mere threat of Donald Trump being elected. Um, And human trafficking, uh, I haven't really heard about that or heard about him implementing that policy yet. Um, But that's definitely a positive. Yes, um, and he has called it an epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it is an epidemic, I know, because I've seen it here in, in our state and in our, and in our city and experienced yeah. it. The group has experienced it over here. Um, his way of, of fighting it is to first go after the, the immigration, particularly the illegal immigration, um, which that's just how these people are, are, are working. Um, mm-hmm. And, in fact, his daughter, Ivanka, just had a roundtable at, at the White House on human trafficking. Um, so, you know, so that's, unfortunately, that's growing and, and it's it's been there. Um, but his immigration policy, let's get back to that. Do your members understand how um, illegal, particularly illegal immigration or even massive immigration affects them? as they live here? Do they know that when you have a lot of immigrants coming across the border, um, you know, you have to pay for them, you have to provide services for them. Do they understand yep. all that? Uh, the members of my ask group, are you saying? Yeah. Or yes. my chapter or, of, or at my school? Of your chapter. Of your chapter. Oh, yes. Um, actually, most of them, their parents are immigrants or they're immigrants themselves. Uh, they definitely understand uh, illegal immigration and why it's bad. Um, it also takes away from American jobs. Uh, I mean, the people that are for it, the, like the media, um, the elitists, they're not the ones having to live next door to these people. Or, uh, I mean, not to mention they bring crime, drugs, what Donald Trump said. Um yeah, right. I mean, and also um, America, every other country, America is one of the only countries you can come legally. No other country will let you even come to their country legally. So the fact that they're coming illegally here is completely wrong, should be addressed, without having to well, be afraid of uh, being called like a racist, because no other country in the world you can become a legal citizen of. And America lets you do that. So why not do it legally? Well, the thing, the problem, the problem, the right. problem that we have, the problem that we have in regards to illegal immigration, is that 
we have to really uh, crack down on uh, companies and organizations that promote open borders. Because this whole thing about uh, illegal immigration is a world agenda of open borders. Like, if, you, if you're in Europe, in Europe for now, if you're part of the European Union and you live, you live in, in, in England, no, not in England, France, you can go to any other country. And they won't have you won't have to present any papers or anything. You're part of you're part of the European Union. You were you know you're a citizen of the European Union, so you can go and, and go mm-hmm. from country to country. That's exactly what they want to do here. They want mm-hmm. to basically allow everyone that's coming from other parts of, of the world. So it's an open border policy. Yeah, well, the open border policy is new for them, too. It was going to be here uh, if Hillary would have gotten elected. Right, right. But but the point that I'm trying to get at, that the open border policy, the reason we have all these organizations, Hispanic organizations and other organizations pushing for that, is because the agenda is to make the world open with no borders. That's the long-term goal of this. And when yep. a country loses sovereignty, like the 28 countries in Europe, you don't have any control. Right now, that's the reason Donald Trump or any any president that basically is more uh, cares more for their country is going to be attacked because he's not following the the world agenda of open borders. Yeah, um, I, open right. borders. Uh, it doesn't logically make any sense either. Um, countries, I mean, comparative politics, the rules, the rule number one is borders. That's what kind of establishes you as a state or as a nation. Um, I would ask the open border pe- people that were for open borders um, if, if it was okay for them to just have people walk through their front door or not have fences around them, their houses and just exactly. have people come in and out because that's the exact same thing. It doesn't establish, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as a sense establishing your perimeter. Yeah. Every Very country good. should have That's closed borders. Yeah, no borders. You, if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Exactly. Exactly. Right, right. Um, so let, let me ask you this. Do you think we'll get eight years out of Trump? I think we will. Um I think we will because uh, I'm already starting to see, well, I think that in the long run people will start to see if they start to accept him for what he is actually doing, that then people will start to come around because many people have started to come around. Um, the only reason that it, we would pre- it would be prevented would be because of the media. Um which is actually a huge problem. But I think as long as if people keep fighting culturally for conservatism and if we remain in power politically, we could do eight years um, depending on how – I mean, Trump's been pretty careful with his words and everything else um, this entire time, actually, since the media has been attacking him. If we get the – I think if we get the word out or if – um, conservatives buy out you know, either a, a Fox or like a bigger network and combat all these like CNN, NBC, um, all the other actually networks. Then we could, de- then we would definitely secure eight years. Um, I'm hoping that it is eight years, and if people judge him based on what he's actually doing, um, then yeah, eight years is totally possible. Foreseeable. I mean, what do you guys? What do y'all think? How do you? How do you? I think we'll get years out of him, um, only because I, I see him taking his message around the media and to the people. For number one, Mm -hmm. he's very good at that, and when he speaks, he draws large crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, despite the. You know, um, mm-hmm. the the issue issue is, and on top of it, you, you know, we, you, you got to break through the education system 
you know, particularly the education system because that's our future. Right. Um, and, and we have to get to we have to get to the students. But unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of this stuff starts in in the K through twelve, a lot of the brainwashing. Right. You know, and, and, and that's another issue is the K K through Academia, twelve. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Academia in general. And and another thing that's come his way is the issue of school choice. Should a law pass on that, then you wouldn't have a lot of this stuff because parents would be able to choose where to send their children, you know, right. and, and this and that, you know. So so you wouldn't see a lot of this indoctrination kind of stuff going on. You right. know, so that that's well, the key there. But I, I always say to Cisco, I say the, the uh the Marxist really um really were very smart in in doing this. You know, and Cisco knows that we talk about this all the time on the show. You know, they they we don't like them, but they were very smart in attempting to bring this culture down from within, you know, what the education and the media and all that. You know, and 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 I know well, yeah, I he doesn't like it. I think also yes. <laughs> um I think that yeah, if utilizing academia and the government and the media, all three at the same time, secures. I mean, if a Marxist, the Marxists did do that actually. Um, but yeah, cultural Marxism is a huge thing on campus. We actually have students for socialism. Uh, yes, but if you're going to have students for socialism, then you should have students for conservatism or whatever. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't opinion there. <laughs> we have young Americans for freedom, <laughs> but they for literally cap- have students, students for socialism. Well, um, you capitalism. Yeah. They idolize like uh, Che Guevara and uh, well, Marx. I, I, I think the key, the key, the key is going to be in regards to what we're discussing right now. The eight years. The key is going to be 2018. 2018. We have to. We have. There's nothing that can be accomplished in, in, in four years or eight years if we do not have true conservative Republicans, which we do not have right now. We have a, a Mitch McConnell and a Paul Ryan that are totally a bunch of rhinos that do not uh, yeah. <laughs> really believe, they do not believe in a conservative agenda. They're basically mm-hmm. working with the Democrats and every step they're going to block either Donald Trump or Mike Pence or the administration at all. So I don't trust, and I have not trust neither of these individuals for a long time. So we, got, we have to clean house. We have to get individuals like the Ted Cruz of the world, the Mike Lee of the world, mm-hmm. the Rand Pauls of the world in there because otherwise nothing will be accomplished. You have to be realistic. You're working with individuals that are not going to work with the president. It doesn't matter if it was Donald Trump or Mike Pence. It does. They just don't believe that that uh, conservative agenda. So in reality, we as conservatives do not really, uh, or libertarian conservatives, we do not have an actual. Uh, uh, we have very few representing us. Mm-hmm. That's 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 uh, so. What do you what do you do you do you find that? Uh, yes, I would say members? I agree with Paul, Paul Ryan, but I think um, yeah, he's uh, the part of the swamp. But one of Donald Trump's thing is draining the swamp, and I think he's already started to do it. We saw um, Comey; he fired Comey. I think he, we're going to start to see him taking care of exactly what you're talking about, uh, putting more people. Um, that will promote conservatism and actually help us build a better America. Um, help uh, being by his side as opposed to people like Paul Ryan and those. And also, there, it's just those are kind of the few. I think that most of the people that we know, the conservatives, are are hopping on the uh, on tr- like on the Trump train. I think that they're coming around because mm-hmm. in Texas, at least. I worked for Congressman Ted Poe, 
Ted Cruz, like Marco Rubio in Florida, they're all completely for Trump. And a lot of the people in Congress and in the House, and they're all pro-Trump. It's a kind of the Paul Ryans, they're, they were the most popular because like, they were the conservatives out of the Obama administration. But now they're probably going to start to have less influence, or I hope they will. I think Donald Trump knows what he's doing, though. But I agree, Drain the Swamp. Who do you guys think that, yeah, who, who do you guys think the Dems will put up for the presidency in 2020? Oh. Uh, I really, <laughs> I really can't say who they who they would put up. Uh huh. Well, I, I um, I, I I think I know who I think I know who 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 they're looking at. Uh, I I I think I have maybe two or three that potentially will be uh, candidates. Uh, we're talking about Elizabeth Warren uh, from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, the, I think in their list, she's the top. I think we'll see Ben um, uh, Al Franken from Minnesota. Uh, he's another one that I think the Democrats are looking at for the, for the presidency. And last but not least, you and don't, don't laugh at this, but you may see the old man, Joe Biden, Come back again for one more shot at it. So, as of right now, those are the three individuals that I think are are are. are, And I think neither neither of the three are are basically going to really give any competition to any Republican. I agree. Um, Um, It depends on who they do. I mean. Um, I wouldn't think Bernie Sanders but would. I, I don't know if they put Bernie Donald Sanders Trump. that, then he stands a chance. But I don't think that that would happen again. Who knows? Um, but the three you just said when they wouldn't win. Um, uh, maybe I don't know Elizabeth Warren because she's a woman. Um, but I really can't say who they would put up. In another four well, years. The good news about, the good news the good news is that Elizabeth Warren is gonna have um she's gonna have com- uh, someone competing against her in the Massachusetts reelection coming up. And that person is, is basically has a lot of funding and he's a, he, he's a, he's of Indian Hindu uh, descent and mm-hmm. he's gonna run for office and I think that even though she, I, he may not win but I think he'll he'll do enough damage that she'll be really not ready for to run in 2020. Yeah, uh, I think yeah I think um, this I think that they're also looking at Senator Cory Booker here to make his move for the presidency uh, because yeah, that uh, that would. Yeah, yeah, that that would get the black vote going again. A lot of well, these blacks I, I, didn't come out to vote in November. Yeah, but you you have to look you you have to look that uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans this time got the eight they got eight percent of the of the black vote. Eight percent, uh, one of the highest percentages for any Republican candidate. I think the the black vote or African American vote will continue to go up. I think there's Agreed. a lot of dissatisfaction within the the African American community about the Democrats. Remember, one of the things that I've been pushing over the years, and I've been trying to get that message out there, is that the Democrats have controlled urban America for 50 years. And what do we see in urban America today? We see drugs. We continue to see crime. We continue to see uh, bad schools. I think this come to, has come to a point now that the more and more African Americans are beginning, and more African Americans are moving into the school choice environment, and they're beginning to see that there, there's no clear path within the Democratic uh, Party. That's the reason the Democrats have been focusing on illegal immigration and Muslim refugees, because they need a new set of voters. 
So the that, Republicans that, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the African Americans. Uh, they are uh, Donald Trump. They were kind of put in. They kind of were put into. A little bit. Obama killed their ambition, and they know it. They knew by. I think a lot of them know that Obama. He promised them everything and gave them nothing. Actually, he made them worse, and they're starting to see that. And Trump's acknowledging that, and he always has. And he's actually doing things for them um, that Obama would have never done, and they're starting to see it. And I think it's going to start to change and yeah, go up more conservative. Yeah. Uh, African Americans, for sure. Yeah. So, so I, I I can see Doreen. I can see I can see them pushing for Cory Booker. I'm familiar with Cory Booker, but I don't believe that he'll have the same impact that Obama had. Uh, okay. Because how, how about how about how about Michelle Obama? I think the Obamas are are like the Bushes. And the Clintons. They've had oh, you enough. think? Wait, going for president, Michelle Obama? Mhm. Oh no, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> or I don't think people would allow that to happen. I don't know why that would happen. I heard like rumors on it from the media, but I also heard rumors that Hillary Clinton would run um, again in twenty. 20- in the next election, um, but I don't think that realistically Michelle Obama would be put up, or Hillary Clinton. Um, that's why I can't say I really don't know because it's all stuff I hear from the media, and the media also said that Clinton would win the election and everything else yeah. that they lie about. So there's really no telling who they would put up, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean we're gonna. Uh, I, I wanted to cover something with uh, outsourcing. The impact of outsourcing and insourcing okay. on on the young people and on 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 America and how and one of those we briefly had a, a discussion uh, Karen and I uh, regarding outsourcing. So my 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 question to you, Karen, you're part of the you're part of the millennials, young millennials. How do you see outsourcing and insourcing in the future for for individuals like you? Um, how do I, uh, I think, well, my opinion of it is that I'm, I'm for outsourcing. I think it's a good thing. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that it's bad and that, uh, that means American jobs are, are more, less American jobs. And that, that's something that Trump has always, um, been, been for. But the thing is, I've never heard Trump actually say that he's completely against, like, globalization or against foreign um or against outsourcing at all he says that he wants to create more american jobs or he wants to um stop like unfair trading but he has never said that he's against outsourcing as a whole and i think that's another thing that the media has spun so much so that even the conservatives that have or the people that are pro-trump they've they're so America first, like this whole America first agenda, they forget that outsourcing or um, economic prosperity is what makes the world turn. It actually gives back jobs to Americans. Um, and it, when you think about trade, uh, the people that are doing the trading are trading for a reason. They're, getting, they're both getting benefits. Or why would they do it in the first place? Um, I'm basically for outsourcing as long as there's no government intervention and it's fair. If it's fair between all nations and and it gives back to everyone and um and it doesn't have basically the whole moral dimension and the whole all the pol- uh uh policies that like Obama, he kind of or he definitely ruined the whole aspect. I think that's why we have such a anti-globalist perspective now when we should be for and Donald Trump himself isn't against it either people just automatically assume that from the America first thing but in reality like foreign workers hiring them it's cheaper it's cheaper to they it costs less for the consumer and for the buyer um it goes both ways 
So I think that it, it will create economic prosperity if, as long as Donald Trump says he's – because he said he, he wants to fix it and make it right with all countries. Um, if it's fair trade, then everyone benefits, and it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing, in my opinion. Sorry? Um, in, uh, I actually took a look at that as well, and um, one thing I want to say about outsourcing – is that the companies are always looking for to pay the cheaper wage, and sometimes in doing so, um, you know, they they actually when they go ahead and lay off the workers that they have here, um, they create a welfare system, and eventually, you know, everybody pays for that in the long run. So I'm not I'm fifty fifty on that. Uh, um, I would say that people get laid off everywhere. Totally I think people get laid off all the mm-hmm. time, but when it when it's it's only cold out when it's outsourcing or when it has to do with outsourcing for a big corporation. In reality, in a free society, people come and go, leave jobs, get laid off all the time, and find new ones. But the only reason it's called out for outsourcing is because it's supposed to um, it's for political agendas, basically. I think. Um, but in reality, outsourcing is the source of all wealth, nation and worldwide. Well, I, I, as someone who, what do you who think? has worked, as someone who has worked uh, in different parts of, uh, of the world, Canada and Dominican Republic on, on assignments, I would say that that as long as it's done correctly. Uh, it's, it's a share burden uh, because when I when I first worked in Canada, like I was mentioning to Karen before uh, earlier, I was told as soon as I got to to Ottawa, Canada, the capital of, of, of Canada, is there is, is your type of work here? Is anyone not able to do your type of work? And if it's not, then of course you should allow that. But mm-hmm. if there's hundreds of, of people that are basically able and capable of doing that work, then... For cheaper. For, for cheaper, then mm-hmm. you, don't need to, you don't need to insult or bring people in, and you don't need to, you know, basically, uh, you know, because it's going to bring down the wages. But if there's not enough talent in there, then sure, yeah, you can either train them or bring in people from the outside. I'm okay with that. But it, the key to that is... Does do we have enough individuals that can do that job at the moment? Uh, yeah, individuals. If yeah, if nationwide and worldwide, then I would think so. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean that's that's my take on 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 outsourcing or in insourcing because we hear so much about outsourcing we we forget to hear uh, listen to insourcing which is basically bringing in people. When uh, Bill Gates and these uh, very, very powerful interest groups go to Congress and they say, we need more HB1 visas or HB2 visas, you're basically are asking, they're asking for very highly technical people to come in. Look at what happened in, in Disney, the Disney, uh, in Disney World. They brought in a whole, they, they brought in a whole group of programmers from India. They were mm-hmm. going to pay them lower mm-hmm. wages, and they replace American programmers that have been with that have been with Disney for twenty to twenty-five years because they were making so much money. There's no need to do that because they're doing a great job. Now, if there was not enough programmers, then I'm okay with them bringing those those programmers from India. Well, I mean, do we know that they wouldn't right. have, they were doing weren't doing a good job and those workers like I said, people get laid off all the time if they find something better. The only reason it's ever called out is because of the media calls it oh, it's horrible outsourcing. They're outsourcing jobs, but people do it all the time in smaller corporations and people get laid off for people that are better. And then I mean, any job that you get, you don't ex- you there's always the prospect of being fired or uh, getting right, right. laid off, or right. or and, and that's um, why America's guys, guys, I got to wrap it up with 
because um, we have yes. about 20 seconds left. Karen, do you have a website? So, um, I have, a, a, like, a Facebook and a blog and, a, a, yeah, I guess my Facebook or, no, my blog. It's called Blog of Concern. Okay. Um <laughs> And also Young Americans for Freedom. Yes, and Young Americans for Freedom. It's called yaf.org. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and that's so where Karen, everybody we can go if they want to find out information. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate your, your time and uh, we'll stay in touch and, and we'll, we'll have you back on the show. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed speaking with you guys. All right. Yes. Yeah, have a great awesome. week. Um, Yep, and folks, we are out, and um, stay tuned till next week when we bring you some more of uh, different various issues <laughs> on politics and, and, and all. Um, and have Definitely. a good night.